Hey there, members, and welcome to the NICRA podcast, the official podcast of the National Ice Cream Retailers Association, where we are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people since 1933. Uh, This episode, we're very grateful to spend some time with Mr. Rich Johnson, who I call one of the nicest guys in the ice cream industry. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. Mate, that's fabulous. One of my most prolific memories of you, Rich, is... You were president of NICRA in 2006. Do I have my details right? That sounds about right. Mate, when I, I was there, I, uh, that was my second, maybe third, maybe second uh, ice cream convention. And um, I think I'd kind of got to know you a little bit better by that time. And I remember that you were spending quite a bit of time in the um, year that you were president, sitting down with someone working through their profit and loss sheet. And I just thought... Mate, that's someone that's uh, passionate about the ice cream industry and helping people. So uh, so kudos to you, mate. I know that you've uh, contributed a lot to NICRA over the years, and uh, it's great to have you as one of our, I'm not going to say senior members, but I'm going to say more experienced members. Well, there's a lot of gray hair now, so. <laughs> <laughs> mate, when I downloaded the, I took, I, I took the liberty of taking your photograph from your website to put it in the NICRA bulletin. And I did notice there was a few more gray hairs since I'd last seen you. Well, that picture's probably 10 years old. So <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, do you want to just take a couple of minutes to kind of describe your business, where you are, and what you do? Sure. So our business is called Rich's Ice Cream Catering. We're a, uh, a corporate and social ice cream caterer in uh, the Sacramento and Northern California, uh, Sacramento area and Northern California area. Um, we serve uh, between 400 and 500 uh, unique events uh, a season, and uh, our season runs between, oh, about mid-March through about the sec- first or second week in November. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty awesome. So um, that's a lot of events for, for, for a, a season. Um, so far as business-wise, do you have a crew that kind of manages and maintains. I know you've got a really good website, which we'll reference at the end, but um, you've got quite a lot of admin people to kind of help steer that along, no? We do. Rich's Ice Cream Catering is actually a division of uh, another catering business uh, that we have that uh, is a full-service food catering business. Um, But the uh, Rich's Ice Cream Catering division uh, has its uh, its own dedicated in-season staff. Um, uh, we have one uh, one manager that runs the business, um, an admin staff, a sales staff, and then a um, uh, a service staff that ranges between uh, about six people on the low and shoulder ends of the season to we we peak out at about thirty five right. uh, in peak season. So and we're capable of doing uh, uh, six events uh, simultaneously. Gee, that's awesome. Now tell me, I'm interested. So. Have you ever had a retail, physical retail store where you were selling retail, or has your business model always been uh, catering? Uh, that's a good question. We did. We actually started in the, in the retail ice cream business in 1994 uh, with one retail location. Uh, uh, a few years later, we built a, a second location. Um, it, during that time, we simultaneously built um, uh, 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 the catering, uh, ice cream catering part of the business uh, into that. And then um, over the years, sold the retail stores and and uh, just kept the uh, the ice cream catering business. So the ice cream catering business really grew out of the retail. And then 
What was the catalyst for you making the decision that you'd focus primarily on catering rather than retail? Sure. So when we started, we were a family-run operation. Uh, It was uh, myself, my wife, and uh, both of my parents. And over the years, everybody, you know, everybody just grows and changes. And and, um, we had built the businesses um, and enjoyed the retail business very much so. Um, My parents got to a point where they were ready to exit the business. And, um, and my wife and I, obviously with a young family, couldn't, you know, weren't, weren't ready to exit business yet. Right. And um, uh, so the, the most logical step was to, was to sell the businesses and, and, or sell the retail locations. And then we, we kept the, um, the catering business ourselves. That's pretty cool. Um, now, do you, you don't make your own ice cream, correct? You, you buy it in and, and resell it, rebrand it, so forth? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, we um, we serve an ice cream. It's a, a kind of a local institution ice cream here. It's called Gunther's Ice Cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been making ice cream in the Sacramento area since I think the early 1940s, and um, it's, uh, uh, it's a fabulous, just homemade, uh, you know, homemade and, and uh, homemade ice cream, small business. And quite frankly, if we were going to make our own ice cream, I would just want to make theirs. <laughs> um, so the relationship's actually been. Uh, just very complimentary. We do. Uh, they refer most of their uh, most or all of their catering inquiries to us, and um, and uh, uh, you know they're quite helpful in, in supporting our business as well. That's great. It sounds like a great business partnership. It really is, and we've been a part. We've been we've had you know this. Uh, we've been a client of theirs. Oh gosh, since probably 1996 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite quite a while. That's great. So now I'm assuming you grew up in the California area and having a family run ice cream business where yourself and parents are involved. What was your first ice cream memory? Oh, geez. So my first ice cream memory was when I was probably, oh, seven or eight years old, maybe nine years old. Um, I grew up in uh, Lake Tahoe, California, and uh, my mom had a, a small, um, uh, craft business. She she made and sold dolls at, at craft shows, and she used to set up a booth uh, for this craft show in a thrifty's parking lot. Mm-hmm. And I'd go help her out, and and um, would I probably went into thrifty's three or four or five times a day to get ice cream. And I think it was just because she wanted to get rid of me for, <laughs> for a little while. You didn't work the till back at seven, eight, or nine, nine years I, old. I probably did, um, but I was probably more interested in getting the 45 cents to get a triple scoop. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and now, wasn't, um, didn't they do the square scoop? They did, yeah. It was, it was a square, or that cylinder scoop, I right. think they were. Yeah, 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 with the plunger that, um, yep. Which is pretty unique. I mean, there's still a couple of locations, I don't know how many locations. I visited a location, I think it was in Park City, Utah, and... Um, was the first time I'd ever seen that kind of triple stack cylinder scoop. It was it was really uh, mind blowing. I just remember being eight or nine years old, and I think it was as, I, I thought it was as big as my head, and, and um, well, it got me out of the craft show for a while. <laughs> That's right. So, mate. Um, so, what was the transition from? Well, I'm interested in your story of how your family came to be in the ice cream business. Had you always had a passion for ice cream, or what was the kind of process in in you opening up the family business? Steve, it's got it's actually a pretty funny story. We actually our family got in the ice cream business probably in the worst way anybody could ever get in the ice cream business. 
Um, I had just graduated from college and I was uh, working for my dad. Uh, my dad is a general contractor and it was, uh, I was a carpenter for him. And it was winter time and I wrote with him to give a, um, a, a job proposal to someone, to a client. And on our way back, it was a rainy day, rainy week, stormy week in, out here. And we drove by the location uh, where a shopping center was going to be built. And my dad made a comment of, oh, that might be a good place for an ice cream parlor. Well, one of the bad things about being in the construction business is... That, those people like to always be busy. Well, it was a rainy week, and we normally worked outside, and so we just didn't have a lot to do. So the next day, we called the, um, the leasing broker and inquired about it. The next week, we signed a lease, and Jeez. fortunately, we had about 18 months before the shopping center was built to figure out what the heck to do. <laughs> right. and, um, so we literally um, oh, traveled to across the country and back looking at different ice cream parlors um, and concepts to decide what we wanted to do. We found Nycra uh, at that time and, um, and, uh, and, and, and the rest is history. Wow. And, uh, that, that's how we ended up in the ice cream business. It was, so, it was a total whim. So we talk about uh, in the ice cream business, we talk about impulse buys. So you're in a good location, an A location, busy street, um, People drive by, oh, let's get an ice cream. But for you and your dad, it was impulse buy, but you basically we, bought an ice cream we, shop. We, we impulse built an ice cream parlor. <laughs> and it, was a, a, it was probably a C or a D location and um, at the edge of town. And we, we had to wait for town to catch up to us after we were built. And and uh, we fought like crazy and, and um, you know, marketed and promoted and, and uh, fortunately made it through and and uh, ended up here today. Now, tell me, uh, what one person that's conspicuously absent from that story is your mum. Was she in agreement to this, or was this kind of something she was just roped into? Yeah, actually, my mom, I, I was really fortunate. I, I really had a fortunate uh, period just kind of growing up and, and, and working. I the, the, the first half of my career, I got to work side, literally side by side and shoulder to shoulder with my dad as a carpenter. Mm. Um, when we built the ice cream parlor, um, uh, uh, my mom is the one. We actually worked together for 14 years um, uh, building the ice cream stores. And, and uh, my dad was more of a he was a he was a silent partner. He'd, he'd show up and eat ice cream and talk and visit. <laughs> and um, but it was my mom and I that uh, uh, that ran the stores. So um, so she was a very much an active and conspicuous part of the business for for uh, all of the years we had our retail stores. That's that's wonderful. Now, was, back then, did you make ice cream, or did you always go buy through Gunther's? We always bought ice. We we never made ice cream. Our our model from the start was to not make ice cream. Um, quite frankly, when we first started, we uh, honestly we probably didn't even know that that was a thing and could be done. Right. Um, and uh, over the year, you know, obviously, you know, it, it, you know, over the years, we learned that, oh, yeah, that very much is a thing. And, and it's, you know, people do it all the time and all over the place. Um, but by that time, we had already had our store models um, designed and built. And um, and we just never got into that part of the business. Right. Um, so we've just always we've always resold ice cream. And tell me, so you've got two family businesses now. Your dad's building whatever he's building and your mum's making ice cream shops successful. Did you kind of bounce between the two? Were you still working for your dad, building things? 
Um, I didn't. I actually, it was a, it was a clean break. And um, the further we got into researching the ice cream business, the more it became apparent that that was going to require full-time energy to, right. to, to make it successful. It wasn't going to be uh, turn on the open sign and have somebody shut it off for you and go make a deposit every few days. It, right. it became very apparent that it was going to take, you know, hands-on owner on site attention and, and uh, so we decided to make a you know a clean separation and break and and uh, and, and I was going to focus only on that business well and that's a great point for anyone listening is that that engagement that owner engagement I mean I think you can still have a successful business and have someone manage the store but I think that when you go into an ice cream shop and you can speak to the owners spend time with the owners and kind of feel that passion for what they have in the growth of their business and the products that they sell, that's a feeling that's pretty hard to quantify, but it's it's certainly very tangible. Um, and I, I kind of get that feeling with a lot of the very successful ice cream shops that there is that real connection, the family connection and that kind of deep involvement in the business. I think, yeah, that's a good point. I think you really do see either the owner's present presence or you know, the owner is present or the owner's presence is felt through right. the staff. And I think that that presence is what makes so many, especially independent shops, special. And and I, I'm sure, you know, our business probably like, you know, all of the other ones that are successful out there, um, it, 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 takes, it, it takes an owner's attention and work and focus and energy to build the culture, and um, and just that you know that that, that presence that, uh, that that specialness that, that exists that, uh, right. that that you don't see a lot you know in, in a lot of other chain type businesses. Yep, very true. So, mate, so obviously you've had the experience of working retail, building up that kind of balance between retail and wholesale, and now you're exclusively wholesale. What? What really do you enjoy about the wholesale side of the ice cream business? And I guess we could even kind of roll that over to the food catering as well. What what, what do you absolutely love about what you're doing right now so far as your uh, wholesale business? You know, that's a good question. The um, uh, When we started in the in the retail ice cream business, I mean, we, we were a part and, and we were a working owner. You really become a, a known part of your, your customers' lives and and I remember when we sold our stores, our last store, we had one client, she called me on my cell phone and she said, you've done my daughter's ice cream cake every year since she's been born and she's going to be 18. I don't know what I, what do I need, what do I do? And like, wow. well, I'll make you an ice cream cake, but you know, and, 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 and I did obviously, but, um, but in, in the retail business, you really become entwined in, 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 you know, in in your customers' lives, and yeah. the uh, what I were working with and deal in, in working through now in in the catering business is we touch people's lives, but we the, our focus as a company is really much more on enhancing and growing our employees' lives. Interesting. And so we have like we we have an initiative now that we're starting that. Um, we really want our employees when they when they come to work for us to be able to buy a house and to be able to earn enough money to buy a home, and we want them to have a good you know the, the work life balance is really important to our people and and our focus shifts to 
to um, uh, large chunks of business we can go find and capture. Right. And and it, and it's uh, equal and it's satisfied. It's just as satisfied as is you know when you know in the in the days when we were you know when it was really important that we did that one person's ice cream cake. Uh, touching the lives of our of the people that work for us is 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 very much a part of it, it's uh, it, it's what's important to us now. Wow. Yeah, there's. I, I think that uh, regardless of what your business model is, if you have employees, I think there's a great opportunity to provide, I guess, to younger employees a, a mentor or another point of reference to help them become successful in life, whether it be through business or just through teaching them interaction, teaching them responsibility. Um, and it's interesting because I think, again, the stores that you go into where the employees are more engaged uh, is where they feel that they're more valued rather than just uh, come in and work you know, three, four, five, six hours and leave again. Um, how, how many employees did you say that you are working with at the height of the season? Height of the season, we have about 35. Um, the bottom of the season, right now, we're just starting our season, obviously, and um, I, we will start our season. We start with six, um, all returning, yep. and um, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll have oh of the 35 this year, um, we'll have uh, probably 12 or 15 new employee, new servers. Right. Um, the other ones, will, the balance will be returning. And how does it? Do you, do you work so far as the catering side? Is it the same business model as a retail store? In that, when you have an event, you've got scoopers. You, you'll have someone there that's kind of supervising and kind of overseeing that kind of thing. Uh, yes, very much so. The structure is very similar. Um, so the yes, we have a um, we have a setup uh, a setup crew and a service crew. Um, and uh, and sometimes they can be the same crew, or sometimes uh, a job will be set up on a route. Um, but it's the same, very much the same structure. Um, we try to staff if we have a staff of, let's say we're doing a catering and it requires four people. Uh, we'll probably that that job would probably have one senior, you know, senior level person, um, one brand new person, and then two people of two servers of varied experience. Probably no different than. Than what we would, you know, would right. do in, with the retail operation on any one shift. So, mate, tell me then that begs the question. So, how physically do you do your catering? Do you have a cart or a dipping cabinet that you set up, or does it does the model change depending on the kind of client and the amount of customers? Um, we have uh, we we uh, uh, use carts for everything, okay. um, and we use a four foot um, uh, like a four foot novelty cart. Um, uh, that we that we had custom, we have custom wrapped and and um, and that's what we transport transport and serve ice cream out of. And that's indoor and outdoor. Indoor and outdoor. If mm-hmm. it's outdoor, we do have we have branded tents uh, that we set up under, um, and um, and then uh, everything is linened and and uh, you know linen and decorated as necessary. Mm-hmm. So, mate, with all of those um, employees, particularly the height of the season, and I guess. Where your challenge may be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in a regular retail store, I've got my whatever it is per shift, seven, eight, nine, ten. In a busy time, they're all in the one location. You've got crews out at multiple locations. So, what are some of the biggest challenges that you have 
with the employees or with the business model of kind of making sure that everyone toes the line? Sure. So the um, um, uh, the biggest issues that we deal with with having people spread out, and and it's not uncommon that we have people spread out over sometimes a hundred mile diameter uh, at times, um, is making sure that um, our staff that's going to meet on site um, and, and meet a crew there actually show up and, and are there, um, and then quite frankly, having the contingency plans in place when something goes wrong. So right. if something gets forgotten, uh, if, a, if a delivery vehicle breaks down, um, you know, the, the client's party doesn't stop because we didn't show up. Um, right. You know, we need, so we, really the biggest thing is, um, is, is just making sure that we have contingency, the contingency plans in place uh, and a person, you know, person or people available to, to do those when something doesn't go right. Right. Um, the, um, the events are always staffed with at least one senior server, our senior level server, and, um, and, and they're, they're our kind of allocated person in charge. And, um, and so they're, you know, they're there to, you know, to, to, to make sure that the event goes well, our customer service is, is right. And, and they get, you know, our, our client has the experience that we want them to have. Um, and, um. But uh, but helping them out and having the support system when they need us that's right. um, that's probably where, where most of our work goes in right now. You're probably struggling more with logistics than most other ice cream businesses, right? That's that's well said. Yes. Yeah. So interestingly, then I know um, more than a handful of current ice cream retailers who have been building their. Um, their catering and their off-site um, events that are now second-guessing that because of the Food Safety Modernization Act. Um, how has that affected your business, if at all? It's um, that's a good question, um, and and I might get into trouble answering this. So. <laughs> well, don't say anything that's going to incriminate yourself. Right. There's so Food Safety Modernization Act. It's it's on our radar. Um, we are. Uh, I, I don't know that at our level we're expected to be fully compliant, right. but it's on the way. And I've got I, I do have two people on staff that are that are aware of the the FSMA, and and our intention is to be is to be either as compliant as we can or fully compliant either next season or the season after. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure if um, if if that fully if that applies to caterers yet. Um, I, I know it applies to manufacturers and the, and the transport of manufactured food. Yeah. But I don't know that it's applied. It, I don't think it's gotten to the catering level yet. Yeah, and, and I'm sure that the Gunthers, the, it, your supplier, have probably got you know as much as an onus on them to make sure that they're compliant. You know, in, yes. in providing and so forth. Yeah, agreed. And the documentation that they do, I, I'm not familiar with, um, right. and and we don't see it on our end. Yeah. Um, but um, my guess would be that um, those types of suppliers are probably on the the lower end of the you know of the right. risk and you yeah. know, the risk factors in the chain of of uh, you know of that act. 
So, mate, over the years, and you've got you know extensive experience now in in ice cream, both retail and wholesale. Uh, was there anyone either in the NICA organization or out that you kind of looked to as a mentor, someone that kind of helped you kind of shape uh, the ice cream person that you are today? Oh, geez. You know, NICA is such a wonderful organization because you, the, the people that you need to meet, they show themselves when they're ready to you. And uh, we've, oh, geez. I mean, the, the, the big, the really big early mentors, um, I, you know, for us and for me, were probably you know Dick Warren from Four Seas and Ray Sheehan at Avondale Farms, and um, um, I, I mean those were probably the biggest two. I, I I remember the first few years I would go to Nike conventions, I would always want to make sure I did enough in my business so that when Dick Warren asked me what I do in my business this year, he'd look at me and say, oh, that's good. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that was important to me for whatever reason. Um, but, um, but you know, now it's, you know, the, um, uh, especially the, the, the newer members and, the, and, the, and the, the, the people that are coming through with newer concepts and fresher ideas, are, yeah. those are the ones that... Um, that, that's who I, you know, we look to now. You know, it's interesting, <clears throat> and there are a lot of new members that probably have never met Dick Warren or can't only hear of him in, in passing, but um, he was at a NICRA convention, and he'd just co-written that book, uh, An Idiot's Guide to Homemade Ice Cream. Uh-huh. And uh, I, <laughs> I remember, I don't remember what, uh, what year it was, but I remember going up to him asking him to sign the book. I, I bought a copy and signed the book. And I was kind of like a giddy schoolgirl when he was <laughs> signing my book. So I, I feel the same way. It was always, here is someone that just, you know, is so knowledgeable and so much um, to give uh, and was so generous with his time um, that uh, a lot of people have uh, some very significant Dick Warren memories. He's, he was I a know. legend. I, I think there's a lot of fond memories, and, and, and my book signing experience with him was um, I, I was very similar. And except I, I it, it was actually his book was the very first one I ever had autographed to give to my wife because she was she was such a Dick Ward fan. <laughs> and um, and uh, but I remember walking away literally feeling like a little school kid. And, <laughs> That's um, and uh, you know, he Dick was a person that um, Dick made you feel better about yourself when you were around him. Right. And, um, and, uh, yeah, he's a wonderful mentor and a wonderful person. I wish we still had him. Yeah, you and me both. Well, you know, Doug Warren, Doug and Peggy are good people. I'm sure they'll grow into Dick Warren's status. But, uh... Oh, they will. Oh, without <laughs> without right. a doubt. Without a doubt. I'm sure they're already there. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, mate, um, currently, what what is your go-to inspiration? Uh, do you kind of uh, business, website, podcast, books? What What are you using to inspire you right now? Um, you know, right now, so we're we're really focused on business, just general business growth, and and the 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 area where we're where we're making a transition now is becoming uh, an open book management company, hmm. and um, kind of the book that I'm reading now, and and um, and the process that we're going to be going through over the next couple of years is uh, it's, it's based on a book called The Great Game of Business. And um, and it's kind of that for the process of of making your people accountable and uh, in in reward accountable to the account to the um, 
to income and expenses right. and, um, and, and rewarding them for that. And um, so that's that's kind of our big, uh, that, that's the big rock we're working through right now. Sweet. I'll, uh, I'll put that in the show notes. Mate, um, so in the, in the whole time that you've been, you know, opening, growing businesses, and obviously spend a bit of time on marketing. What, what do you kind of feel that you achieved? Was there one single event or one principle that you really felt like you'd nailed when it came to marketing your business? Oh, geez. You know, we fumbled through so many marketing, so much marketing, and, and so much that didn't work and a lot that did work. And, um, you know, it, I, I, I would think that with, with, with marketing, there's a lot that you have to try there's a lot that has to be in the ice cream business. It has to be low cost, and but most most important is you have to believe you you have to believe in it and, right. and know that promoting the the promotion and the marketing of the of, of the business is is essential for the success of it. And as an operator, as you stumble across what works for your business in particular. You keep that, and you throw away what didn't, you know, what doesn't work, and yeah. you just keep growing. You keep going, and you keep sharpening that, you know, honing that saw, sharpening that blade mm. of what does work, and getting rid of what doesn't, and right. you keep adding to it. So just kind of being open to what works and what doesn't, and being flexible and nimble. I, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, and what was yesterday's, you know, or long ago's direct mail, you know success and holy grail is you know today's uh you know social media you know thing and 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 whatever tomorrow is going to be but the the principles are going to be the same yeah and um and and the work still has to be done so mate if you could start this whole ice cream experience that you had with you and your mum and dad and wife and family what would you do differently than what you did oh boy that's a good question um you know, in, in all honesty, probably the one thing that I would do completely that would be completely different than the path that we've taken is I would open a seasonal ice cream business where we made our own ice cream in the busiest tourist ta- summer town I could possibly find. Mm. And so it was a business where we were able to work intensely from from May through September or the beginning of October, yep. and uh, and that that business would provide enough revenue to to um, you know to, to to give us some profit and, and, and living expenses to go through winter, and, uh, and and something that we could kind of be a a tourist in, you know institution in right. that town. Yeah. Um, it uh, I, in our business, you know, looking back, there was a there's a lot of hours that have been spent in the shoulder seasons and in the off season that were either break even or, or negative. Uh, that um, uh, that uh, you know, looking back, I, I, I probably wouldn't want to do that part again. <laughs> right. Well, so, and that's that might be kind of harsh, but <laughs> well, and that's good. It's good validation for those not only in the US but all over the world that are struggling with shoulder seasons you know I mean sure. I think sometimes we get into our shoulder season and we feel boy am I the only one that's really struggling here but um, oh, no. yeah we we all go yeah. through it no you, you, we, you, yeah we all do and um, and uh, you know hindsight it, it, it's definitely it, it's okay to close it's okay to not 
not feel like you have to sell ice cream if people aren't buying it. You <laughs> right. have to sell it when they are buying it. Yeah, very and, true. Uh, that, that's probably the one change that I would make. But it's, there's no regrets at all. I mean, it. Uh, you know, my, my career and that, ex, and, and the experience from the career is, uh, it, you know, made made me and our company who we are today. That's great. So, mate, uh, last question: What advice would you give to someone that was coming into the ice cream business and asked you, "Hey, what, what is the big thing that I should be concentrating on or doing if I want to get into this business?" Oh boy, um, I would say a, a couple of few things. Um, one of them would be to learn as much as you can about the ice cream business and really love it um this isn't a business where you can necessarily just open a store and and you know revenue windfalls are going to come in um i I, I really do think this is a business that requires a um it requires a a a charismatic owner's persona and um and and it's fun and it has to exude fun um the um and then the other thing is to have enough money to either not borrow any money to build the business or to have a pretty tall stack of money to start the business. Right. And, um, and uh, so, that, so the business doesn't become undercapitalized. Yeah. Um, running out of money is no fun. Yeah, that's true. Um, and regardless of of what your model is, whether it be retail or wholesale, is always some kind of investment. So understanding what the investment is and making sure that we've got, um, you know, that covered is actually a pretty common, um, it's it's a common answer to the question that we ask a lot of people on the podcast. Well, mate. It's probably one of the biggest things that um, that forces people out of business, I would guess. Yeah. I think, but anyway. Mate, uh, look, we really appreciate your time. It's been great to chat, Rich. Uh, where do we find more about your business? Uh, so you can go to, uh, on the internet, uh, to richesicecreamcatering.com. Fabulous. I'm assuming you have all of the socials covered. Um, uh, we have the website covered, and and we have a little Facebook presence and a small Instagram presence, and... I think that's about it, but we're, we're mostly a website. Well, mate, that's good. Hey, and again, um, you know, my involvement now with the NICRA organization, I see just how involved serving on the board and, and particularly rotating through the chairs. And um, so, you know, thank you for your service to the NICRA organization and uh, really appreciate your time today. Look, if uh, you want to be on the podcast like Rich, uh, drop us a line here at steve at nicra.org. And for more information on the podcast, previous episodes, and all that you can learn about the NICRA organization, you can go to nicra.org. That's N-I-C-R-A.org or icecreamusa.org. Thanks again, Rich. Great to talk to you.